So, do you want me to make fun of you now or later? <sighs> just or get it over would you with. Just rather me sing "Glory, Glory, Man United." Are you gonna sing the whole thing or what? Do we actually have time for that? No, we have a very long show, and yeah, we're we, not, we've got we're a not loaded singing, show. And you're not going to sing that godforsaken song on this podcast. I only ask that you not sing Well, You'll Never Walk Alone. I've already said the words to You'll Never Walk Alone, so... That's true. I can... I got away with that. Um, to be fair, though, you aren't exactly having a great time in MLS so far. CONCACAF Champions League... You... Yeah, that's... CONCACAF is different. Well, they're dishing it, but you've been doing well. It's just at quite the cost to your season. We've only played one game. Did you guys not play this week? We did not play this week. We were oh, the odd you had man the... out this week. Oh, you were like Chicago last week. Yes. I'm more referencing the fact that Jordan Morris went out for the season with a torn ACL. <sighs> and I had to tell you about that, which is what's weird about all that. I've no, been you did not tell me this. Pa- no, I, I was not able to watch the first leg Again, Santa Tecla, and you told me that Jordan Morris went down. I was like, oh, crap, you didn't here tell we go. Me, and then I told you that he, that he was out with an ACL. Yeah, which I, I know this is going to be a bad thing to say, but for the sake of the national team, it's probably a good year for this to happen. But for the sake of his career, a torn ACL is that, that's hard that's to come not back good. from. And Having having seen just recently, I, I was at um, Saturday's Orlando City Minnesota United game, which I really don't want to talk about. But and you can read about later this week in on Orlando Lions Den News. But shameless plug. But I watched as Kevin Molino tore his ACL right in front of me. Again, same ACL that he tore for Orlando two years ago. So, it's not something you want to see happen to anybody. Not even somebody that's on the other team. So, hope get well soon to Jordan, I guess. And Kevin Molino. And Kevin Molino and Stefan Pino. And who else got injured recently in MLS? You got, you got me. Eh, I don't know. I can't think of names off the top of my head, but yeah, you guys are looking good in the CONCACAF Champions League, and you guys lost to Chivas USA, I mean LAFC, right, in your first game? Yes, are are we going to still call them Chivas, or are we going to call them Los Angeles, formerly Chivas? (laughs) I've never heard that before. Oh, that's good. The, the two polls at um, RSL this week were impressive. You sent me one of them. Yeah, I sent you one of them. It was just the old Chivas USA logo with the mock glasses nose mustache in front of the, on, what is that? on top. What is that from? It's from something because you see it in everything. I feel like it's a Pink Panther kind of thing. It's probably yeah. I think it it is a Pink Panther thing, and it's it's just like a mock joke thing that started way before we were around. 
Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, welcome back, MLS. I've been to two games since the last time we have assembled. We drew one of them, and it I literally came out of my shorts. Phrasing. I need to talk about phrasing. I literally jumped out of my shorts. And, <laughs> my goodness, Jordan, the supporters the past two weeks have been incredible. What was it like seeing the outside of watching Ruckus from the outside for the first time at the new stadium? I felt naked. Like, I honest, I sat in probably the most boring section for everybody to understand. I sat with, I stood with Ruckus in week one, and then I sat with my parents in week two. I felt naked, Jordan. I was, I was singing with them, but I was in a section where no one stood for anything. And I felt so naked. It was just, it was a weird experience. I got to enjoy the game, but it was still very bizarre for me. It's, it's a different experience. And you've, you've never, you've stood with Indy 11 and... Indy 11, Lansing United, Seattle Sounders. You stood with them in Chicago, right? I stood with them in Chicago. And Toronto. Oh, I, I keep forgetting about Toronto. That was a re- religious pilgrimage. Oh yes, obviously. Uh, every that you game have me that to was, thank for. Every game that was not college, I have stood with a some sort of supporter section. Well, and you actually went to soccer games in college. I did not. So. Well, we we didn't we didn't really have a supporter section at a, uh, at college. Well, if, if, if I would have gotten into soccer in 2010, like I wish I had, we would have had a supporter section, but we're also, I'm also the one that's going to single-handedly create a supporters club here in Fort Myers, but we can get to that later. That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. Like Jordan said, a lot has happened since the last time we have spoken. Let's get into it, because we got a loaded show. What 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 can we expect this week, Jordan? Well, wait, we're going to talk about uh, World Cup news. We're going to talk about, like you said, USL possibly coming to Fort Myers. We're talking about MLS coming back. Uh, Thank God. We're going to talk about Timothy Way getting on the field for Paris Saint-Germain. Yes, that wasn't in the show notes. Good call. Uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, NASL taking a break, I guess we can call it. <laughs> yeah, they're taking a break is about as much as my... Never mind. Nope, not going to make that joke. Anyways. Anyway, I am Jordan Hawkins, and I am joined by, as always, a man who registers an 800 on the Audi Player Index, Alex Ryder. I think that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. <laughs> is that good, though? Is 800 good on... I, I, I still don't understand that thing. Uh, nobody does, but to my knowledge, unless it's because Orlando didn't play well, the highest or- Orlando player on the player index was at about a 400 last week, so it's very possible. Yeah, I, but... I, I, I still don't understand that thing. <laughs> uh, so... W- it's all about sponsorships. Yeah. What are we talking about first? Uh, before we get any further, we we want to send out our thoughts, prayers, condolences to 
uh, the family of David Astori, uh, Italian, and Viorente, uh, who passed away, was it last week? Yeah. Last week, passed away suddenly at 31. Uh, condolences to everybody close to him, his family, his friends, and everybody in the Italian League. And the and, Italian. Hmm? And props to their supporters. Yes. For what they did, both at the funeral, as you've shown me, and at the first game back. Yeah, that was that was a beautiful show, uh, showing from uh, their uh, supporters. And I watched the go- the one goal from that game. The player who is actually going to take over for a story and wears both in the defensive back line for Fiorente and as captain, he scores, I, I believe it was a header, runs to the sideline where somebody on the bench picks up uh, a story's jersey and the guy who scores the goal salutes his former captain. Yep. I have not seen that video, but that was that's that's the beautiful game for you. Condolences to his family and all of his supporters. Speaking of things that go away, do we just want to send the NASL off into the night now? I have literally no connection to the NASL other than being an American soccer fan. You at one point were a supporter of a yeah, team I was, in NASL. Yes. Do you want to send uh, this one off into the night? Uh, Viking funeral style. Yeah. Do we want to send this off into the deep blue? Shoot an arrow at it and miss it, Game of Thrones style. Uh, yes. Um, it was announced that the NASL is not playing. In the 2018-2019 season. The season that was just a few months ago, delayed to the summer, will not be joining in 2018. And it is assumed will no longer function. And let's be honest, with a a league with uh, how many teams would be left? Four? Uh, the current website does, in fact, contain four teams, although there have been rumors that Puerto Rico FC is not going to be able to continue. As also evidenced by the fact that they are the only current team not fielding a team in the NPSL this season. Yes. Uh, Jacksonville Armada, Miami FC, and New York Cosmos will all be fielding teams in the NPSL 4th Division this year. So, here's my question. If a Treza falls in the forest and nobody is around to hear it, does anybody care? What? If a tree falls in the forest and nobody is around to hear it, does anybody care? (laughs) I think people care. I think I feel bad for the... New York Cosmos and the Jacksonville Armada supporters. I do feel bad. I don't feel bad for the Miami FC supporters. They're getting their MLS team. Yeah, I, I feel for the Puerto Rico supporters, but they kind of got screwed this this season because half their games weren't played at home. So, 
Yeah, it, you, you do have to feel for supporters where they're not going to be able to... Well, I mean, they're going to be able to watch them in, in PSL. Which, right. let's be honest, at this point is a whole lot better than playing in NASL right now and playing the same three teams over and over and over again. Yeah, but in, at the same time, you're losing a lot of quality. I mean, a lot of quality. Yeah, in NASL was was, was uh, more professional, but NPSL is basically college kids who have nowhere else to go in the summer. Yeah, which is why Jacksonville Armada will be basically just be the Jacksonville College or Jacksonville University players. So, um, the other thing with that is is the very clear signs from both the San Diego and Southern California yeah, ownership groups being very clear that they're joining the USL in 2019, which let's be honest, the writing was on that wall a while ago. I mean, they even, I, I, I didn't notice this until I was preparing for the show. They removed those two teams logos from the website. Yes. They did. I mean, they, they've been removing every trace of teams that have been leaving the league Faster than a bitter ex taking down pictures on Facebook. Was that my joke at first, or did you make that joke and I just went, yep, I can relate? As evidenced by me stopping from talking earlier. Yeah, I I think I made that joke and then you related so hard. So hard. Um, As, As I can relate as well. And we can make these jokes because literally no one we have ever dated will ever ever listen to this show nope and i'm gonna leave those in too i'm gonna leave those jokes in but yeah i mean is there more to say about nasl a lot of uh, very few people are really torn up besides the supporters of these clubs and the anti-establishment club but let's be honest the anti-establishment doesn't realize how toxic nasl was no it's it's a dying. It was a dying league, and it was never really alive, though. No, let's be was, honest. You had at most eight teams playing in this league, and even then, those teams played each other how many times? It was it was more than what is sustainable. Yeah, I mean, if at minimum, I mean, even MLS, MLS started with eight teams for one season. That's understandable for a country that has almost no teams. But I, 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 I don't think that a lot of people are going to lose sleep over this. I think that the NASL going into the night and that Miami FC, New York Cosmos, or, and hopefully Puerto Rico and Jacksonville all join USL... And honestly, they will all see dramatic increases in attendance. Those are big markets. Um, all three of them in NFL markets, in the case of New York being upstate New York around Buffalo. So ultimately, in the end, I think that if all three clubs do in fact make the decision to go to USL in 2019 that they will dramatically benefit from it and that the USL will benefit from it because three 
high-profile historic clubs because you can't deny the fact that all three of these clubs do have some history to them the least of them being Miami FC and even then Miami FC has deep deep pockets and a very in a very decent stadium to play in having them join USL would be beneficial both to the league and to to the supporters and to those teams Puerto Rico I hope they join, but we will see. Yeah, let's be honest. NASL is NASL leaving the face of leaving. How can you say? Removing NASL from the landscape of American soccer is going to be beneficial for everybody. Especially considering 2018. No matter what you say, no matter the fact that. At, that the U.S. is not in the World Cup, you are still going to see, and we talked about it last episode, you are still going to see an increase in attendance in twenty in the second half of 2018 and into 2019 due to the World Cup. That's going to happen across the board. It's why USLD3 is going to launch in 2019. They're taking advantage of the World, World Cup because everybody watches the World Cup. I don't care if you don't get soccer. I mean, look at the numbers. USL in 2014 had 14 clubs. 14. And now in 2018, when it kicks off this coming Friday night on YouTube, shameless plug, I love the USL, they will have 33 teams. That's nine. New teams they have added in four years, with three more set to join their Division Two league next year, and two teams already committed to joining USL D3 in 2019, with another one to be announced tomorrow. What do you think that? Do you have an opinion on which team that's going to be tomorrow? You tell me, because I have no idea. I've seen. I've seen a lot of evidence over the past 24 hours that it's going to be Greenville, South Carolina, which will be very exciting for them because they've been they've been towards the top of these USL D3 conversations for a while. So, we'll I'm quite sure we'll talk about that more on the next episode. Yes. Uh, speaking of the World Cup, uh, we will presumably be getting video assistant referees. In the World Cup. And hopefully by then they will have figured their crap out. Because God knows Europe hasn't figured out VAR yet. Has anybody figured out VAR yet? I've been to two MLS matches already in 2018. And I've seen three VAR decisions. And my only issue with it is one... They are very, very, very particular about once you go to VAR, red cards are very, very not, they don't make sense. But it also doesn't help that I don't see a lot of evidence of the referees being trained on how to do it quickly. I also think it's dumb that the they literally go to a screen. What about the NFL? I mean, if MLS and even the European leagues want to get some, a little extra sponsorship money, 
pay three or four kids to sit around the more kids that don't get to be ball boys and girls to sit around the pitch with a iPad or a Samsung Galaxy tab lit and run out to them and hand it to them. It's not that hard. The NFL, if the NFL can merchandise it and make money off of it, so can big soccer. And speaking of the World Cup, uh, if you are a cannabis user, you're in luck. <laughs> I'm spitting my drink all over my keyboard. <laughs> it or has cocaine. Was it? It was. It was announced that if you can take into World Cup matches cannabis, heroin, this is mean... <laughs> and cocaine, if you have a doctor's note. Uh. Okay. This is the one of the most Russian things I've ever heard. The only thing that the only thing more Russian than this is the fact that I guarantee you one of these stadiums is going to serve vodka on tap. Is this a good thing for the World Cup? No. Meanwhile, I mean... you still have the issue of Russia being racist and homophobic. I mean, it could be worse. It could be wherever we're having the World Cup in 2018 with a bunch of flying tarps over the stadium to keep people from melting in the hot desert sun. Oh, wait, we're having the World Cup over Christmas! In a country that's smaller than Rhode Island. In a country that doesn't even have professional soccer. (sighs) They have a national team. I've never seen them play. I couldn't name a single one of their players. Are they even going to allow... We're just getting into a very deep hole now. Are they going to even allow women? I mean, where was it that it was recently... It was Saudi Arabia, right? That just recently allowed women to go to soccer matches? What the heck? We're we're going down a rabbit hole here. Just ranting all along. Yeah, I'm screaming and I'm, I'm, I'm... belligerent so yeah apparently you can do drugs off of your seat at the world cup now and because god bless russia apparently yeah, apparently okay speaking of world cups i'm gonna help you segue we're just scooting right along here just hit the notes hit the notes hit the notes world cup 2026 after his ousting from the presidency of United States Soccer Federation, Sunar, Sun, how do you pronounce Sunil, his first name? Sunil Gulati. Sunil Gulati was removed from his post as the head of the 2026 United States Joint United States Mexico Canada World Cup bid. This is I I. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to. I think this is partially in response to the fact that he wasn't elected and partially in response to the fact that Morocco has now entered the the bidding and is actually favored right now, but also because he's not really in a position of authority anymore. So, But let's be honest. Any sentence that involves the word Sunil... And out 
is a good sentence. That's true. Um, to be fair, he is still on the group council that is working on this, but he's not the head of it anymore. So, I I, I still have great faith that they're going to pull this off because it's Morocco. I mean, how many good quality stadiums do they have in Morocco? I did the research, believe it or not. And Morocco... You did your homework. I did do my homework this week, contrary to last show. Morocco has four stadiums that are above 40,000. None of them are above 50,000. They're currently in the middle of construction of two new stadiums that will be at 70,000. For them, they could, in theory, pull off construction of these stadiums within the next eight years. It would be more of a concern of infrastructure, which is, again, something that the 2022 World Cup is still going to have issues with up until the final is actually played. Primarily because (laughs) they, A, don't allow alcoholic drinks, B, don't don't allow really women to do anything there. And And does the city where the final will be held even exist at this point? No. No, it's literally a city being built for this. The city is, was, I'm talking out of my ignorant American butt here, but that, oh boy, that might be a show title. Um, That... (laughs) That this city didn't exist 25, 30 years ago. And when a city didn't exist when I was still alive, you've got issues. And it's probably be being built by Asian slaves. Yeah, Asian slaves that are working in such poor conditions that they're dying. Like, the fact that FIFA's allowed to do this is, well, they, they were FIFA. paid. They were paid. Let's be honest. The fact that that probe into that whole bidding process didn't revoke the whole the whole thing was beyond me. But mark my words, the World Cup will be in the United States within the next ten years. Again, it's it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of time. Whether it's in 2022 when they come to us last minute and say, hey, you've got a really good network of beautiful sports stadiums. Let's just use you. Great. Okay. And if not, we'll let England and and France handle it. They can hold all those games in NFL stadiums at the last minute, no problem. I'm literally at the last minute. How do you think the Copa America Centenario was thrown together after the whole controversy of 2015? All played at U.S. State, U.S. American football stadiums, and, and, and it was a nice tournament. Even, and it was a great tournament, even though University of Phoenix Stadium's announcers couldn't get their national anthems correct. But you know, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. You don't get that joke, do you? Yes. You do or don't? I do. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, so we've covered. Oh, we can talk about Concacaf. You want to talk about gr- about national team tournament news or 
club news first. Let's do national team. Well, first off, CONCACAF has a new logo. What do you think, Jordan? Well, to me, it looks like the necklace that Black Panther wore in the most recent Black Panther movie. (laughs) And I, for one, am really looking forward to those away days in Wakanda. (laughs) Nope, that's the title. That's the title. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Away days in Wakanda. I want... want I'm going to Google Wakanda national team jersey after this show. <laughs> but it probably anyway, exists somewhere on the internet. It probably does. Someone's probably got one and I'm going to end up buying it like I do because I have a kit addiction problem. But you already knew that. Oh, yes. Anyway, anyways, um, the, the new logo looks a little bit like the United Nations logo, but you know. Anyways. Um, it was announced, we've already known for some time that the CONCACAF, um, Nations League, which we finally, you and I have finally settled on what we actually know it to be called. We knew it was coming and we knew that play would start in 2018. What we didn't realize is that it's not going to be play that the United States men's national team will participate in. No, we actually recently found this out right before we were doing the show. Uh, The teams that we'll be playing this fall are actually the lower quality teams that that were not in the hex. I'm going to hesitate to say lower quality because I believe Jamaica's in there. and And Jamaica, not so... In the past, beat us in the Gold Cup. This is this is true, and and we just barely beat them. And Trinidad and Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, but it, we yeah. we, we but, just barely beat Jamaica in the most recent World uh, Gold Cup. And we lost to Trinidad and Tobago in Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. So, anyway, so let's I, I let's re- just rip that scab off. But there will be seeding for teams that were not in the hex. Yes. So, like Jordan said, if you're not, if you weren't in the most recent hex, starting in the fall after the World Cup, there will be a competition of qualification to determine who. There's 41 teams in CONCACAF. I believe the top six are the are the top league, and it's divisions of six every every thing down there so it's like seven different tables for that round robin tournament I believe with the with the exception of one league that will have five I believe that's if, how it's if, if you did your math right I believe that six times seven is 42 minus one so yeah the I I, I haven't heard anything and they haven't announced how big the each league will be but based on what they've said, the top league will for the round robin tournament, which that's what it is. Concacaf Nations yeah, League is based. We're gonna have several divisions. Uh, we're gonna have basically leagues of six, and they're each gonna play each other. And there will be 
some some semblance uh, system of promotion relegation. Yeah, and the promotion relegation aspect is definitely going to be something that generates a lot of conversation going forward. I think, and I've said this on previous shows as I try not to die, I've said this on previous shows, in the not-too-distant future, North American coaches will be fired for being relegated in the CONCACAF Nations League. Same thing with Europe. Yeah, yeah, same same thing with the UEFA Nations League. Which we which we shamelessly copied them for, and which was one of the best decisions CONCACAF has made in recent history because there's still going to be friendlies, and I guarantee those friendlies will all be played in Europe, like I've said previously, but to have more friendlies that mean something, it's going to sell more tickets, and it's going to ultimately lead to better competition that leads to better international competition. Yes, and more games can so, o- more competitive games can only lead to more quality of play. Exactly. So, with that being said, now that now that the U.S. has already qualified for the top league, they are allowed to play friendlies with Europe in the fall in of 2018 in the spring of 2019, meaning that we won't play another competitive match that isn't a friendly until the summer of 2019, which I think is a bad thing, but I also think is going to lead to us taking our sweet time to find our next coach. Yes. I originally said that we would have a coach for the fall. I don't think we're going to have a coach until, until January camp. Yeah. I think Tab Ramos will be our coach until January. He will be the U.S. men's national team coach for a full year. Who knows? They might give Jill Ellis the job for a couple of games. She's been doing great, but why, we can why talk not? about that I mean, later. She just, led the, we just, she just led the women to World Cup win a couple of years ago. And like I said, yeah, we're going to talk about this in a few minutes. But... Like I said earlier, fall of 2019, after the 2019 Gold Cup cycle is over, the the league starts. There's going to be one for the September, October, and November international breaks. And then for the, is it the January break that the final two matches are played? I cannot confirm or deny that. I believe that was it. And then there is a championship played in March to determine who goes up, who goes down, and also who wins the Nations League. So, that should be very exciting. And will definitely lead to some better quality and better testing of players going into the 2022 World Cup cycle. No sleep till Qatar. You want to talk about Champions League? Your your team's actually in it. My yeah, team we, doesn't know yeah, what we, that I, is. We traded a loss to 
to Chivas 3.0 to win one nothing against Chivas, the OG Chivas, one nothing, which came off a beautiful goal off Dempsey, because who else? Dempsey, at this point, doing superhuman things at his ripe old age, which I'm quite sure that he could still beat me in the in pretty much every contest known to man, but... But yeah, we take a one nothing lead to Guadalajara this week. And going into... Are you guys playing later this week? I haven't actually looked at the schedule for this week. Well, let, let, let's take a minute. Let's, check, let's, go, let's go to the my foot mob app. I believe that leg two is... March 14th, this coming Wednesday, yep. at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, taking into account daylight savings time. This time, at Chivas. And Going in if, with if, a there's, if there's really any time for us to beat Guadalajara in the CONCACAF Champions League, it's this. Because they're actually... This is actually the lowest they've been in... Liga MX Clausura that they have been in a while. And uh, they did just play Club America just days before we played them at home. So you what so you're saying there's a chance. There there's a chance. The most interesting storyline in the CONCACAF Champions League this year is the fact that in the quarterfinal this year, we have three MLS clubs. That didn't happen last year. Nope. Didn't. And I, I think it's more interesting of the fact that every MLS team played a team from Liga MX. Yep. And blanked them. Yeah, if we're going to go back and look at the round of 16 from late last month, early this month, quite a few games have taken place. Um, during the round of 16, Guadalajara beat, is that Bayo FC? Aggregate 7-0 with two goals and five goals, respectively. Correct. You, you got Santa Tecla. Beating Seattle two to one at home, but then Seattle put up four against them at home, so they won five to two. You've got Olympia losing to New York Red Bulls three to one on the aggregate with only one goal at home for them. You've got Club Tijuana advancing two to one against Monte Montenegro. I'm I'm doing phenomenally well pronouncing these, to be honest. You got. Why am I looking at this? I can just move it over to the next window. I'm squinting. I need my glasses. You got C. You got C. S. Hernino getting, putting up a valiant fight against Tigres in their first draw which was 2-2 but then losing to Tigres at home 3-1 so poor Colorado though I mean <laughs> man 
there there was nothing they could really do, and that was I, game I, was at I, home I watched too. that game. I seriously thought me too. Colorado was at least going to score at home. Yeah, I thought or, they were going to score at home, but it didn't help that there were maybe ten thousand supporters yeah, there. I, I and I thought they were at least going to score in Toronto. Yeah, they didn't have a chance, but Toronto was also everybody was freezing cold and just wanted the match to be done. So their first round game in uh, their first leg game in Colorado was a 2-0 win for Toronto. And then there was a 0-0 goose egg draw in Toronto because everybody was freezing to death. Who drew Toronto versus Colorado? That's like, that's kind of stupid for a competition played in February north of the equator. Yeah, but, I don't think that was great planning on anybody's part. I think it was an automatic draw, but who knows. Then you got Toro FC, who beat out FC Dallas based on the away goals rule, 3-3, three, three to three, even though FC Dallas beat them 3-2 to two in the second leg. Toro FC scored at Dallas in the first leg. And use that away goal to move on to the quarterfinals. Finally, Saprisas got pistol whipped by Club America <laughs> because, well, it's Club America. Yeah. So, we have played one round of the quarterfinal. You wanna? Do you have the court the quarterfinals pulled up? Yes, I do. Um, let's just start with Seattle. Um. Uh, Seattle actually played Chivas Guadalajara this past Wednesday. Uh, beat them one to nothing. Very very impressive game. I also want to compliment Roldan on his goal at uh, Santa Tecla from forty yards. That, that was actually out. a little Darrow. Who did I say? You said Roldan. Ah. I want a couple of Ladero on his goal from 40 yards out versus Santa Tecla. Shoe phone, shoe phone, shoe phone. Uh, gotta love the shoe phone. And then uh, New York Red Bulls actually went down to Tijuana and beat Tijuana two to nothing. They got two away goals. Which one was the last time any MLS club did that in Mexico? Let's be honest. Yes. So, props to New York Red Bulls. Uh, Toronto hosted Tigres, beat them 2-1. Two to, two to one. And, let's be honest, Club America is going to go on to the next round to the semifinals because they beat Toro 4 to nothing. So, here's the thing. Do you think, as we start play tomorrow night with bo- with the doubleheader of New York Red Bulls versus Club Tijuana in New York and Toronto at Tigres at 10 p.m., and then Wednesday you've got Toro versus Club America at 8 p.m. and Chivas versus Seattle in Ch- at Chivas at 10 p.m. Do you think MLS has a chance of having three teams in the semifinal? 
I would say that New York Red Bulls has a very good chance of getting into the semifinals. Um, I would say Toronto goes on as well. Um, and I do believe that Seattle has a chance. Taking a, take, taking a goal down to Guadalajara and given the fact that they did not allow Shivas to get an away goal. That all-important away goal. If a Seattle can go down there and score first and get that away goal, that's going to be massive. So, looking at it right now, and based on the fact that all three MLS clubs won on leg one, there's a chance that we're going to have a guaranteed MLS club in the final. Yeah. Do you think they can beat Club America? Because let's be honest, Club America, the, 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 let's be honest, Club America is going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're the let, best team on this continent. They won last year, didn't they? Or was it Tigres? It might have been, I think Club America won the year before. Oh, they beat Montreal. Yes. Which that was, they, they never had a chance. Montreal never had a chance, let's be honest. Tigres won last year, Montreal won the year before. Or, or Club America. Club America played Montreal the year but, before. Here's the thing. I will pray to anyone who will listen, and everybody I have talked to online, on Facebook, on Reddit, is doing the same thing. Praying to anybody who will listen to give us a Seattle and Toronto final in the CONCACAF Champions League. You, oh my gosh, they're going to sell out CenturyLink Field if that happens. Yes. And, and BMO Field as well. If that happens, if we get a two-leg Seattle-Toronto final in the CONCACAF Champions League, they're going to broadcast that thing on Fox proper for both legs. Yes. They're going to interrupt the Simpsons. They're going to interrupt Family Guy, whatever sh- second-rate show is playing. Uh, they'll interrupt Brooklyn 9 to broadcast that game on national television. You just named like one show that I actually watch. Yeah, because I can't name any other show on Fox right and now. And I believe Brooklyn Nine-Nine is on NBC. Well, we shall see. But regardless, but, but yes. they're going to broadcast that game on national network television if that happens. But I, I, I do believe that... Um... You can't write a story better than that. I do. I, however, I do believe that Seattle and Toronto are on the same side of the bracket. And I, and I, no, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're on the opposite side. But Toronto, currently, how it's looking, based on if 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 the semifinals were to take place right now, it would be Seattle versus New York, which is interesting in and of itself, versus and Toronto versus Club America. I, the semifinals will be great. Yes. But if we can get Toronto plus Club America, and if Seattle can dispatch New York Red Bulls, we are going to get arguably. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold claim. We're gonna get a better two-legged 
final than anything that the UEFA Champions League will give us this year. And that's including the fact that Liverpool's going to win the Champions League. Would you say that would be better than last year's Barcelona coming up, coming back against PSG? Absolutely. Mm. Which was that is a bold claim, took, sir. Absolutely. Because that two leg last year against Barcelona and PSG was probably the greatest football I've ever seen. Yeah, that was. I was reading my time hop of that the other day, and I had so, said something about how I turned it off at halftime while listening at work. And I said, holy cow, they went all Istanbul on them. Which, if nobody understands that, go watch literally any documentary about the 2005 Champions League final in Istanbul. Greatest sporting event in our generation besides the Game 7 of the 2016 World Series. No bias there. No bias whatsoever. It's not like there's Cubs stuff literally all around me or anything. So, well, we will we will check back on the CONCACAF Champions League. I'm pretty sure the next time we come to you, we will know what what the quarterfinal will be. We will not know when this what what the final will be because those games have not been scheduled yet. Yes, uh do we want to talk more we had a youngster get on the field these past couple Timothy, weeks. Timothy Way. I'm telling you, prepare ye the way do, of the do, Lord. I'll see. I'll see myself out. Do, do you know the way? Do you know the way? Do you Do you know the way? <laughs> the way. Timothy knows the way. Because Timothy he is the way. way. Timothy came on for PSG in the second half of their what's Liga One uh, Liga match. He, he came on the, these past two weeks for PSG. I think both of those games he came on in like the seventieth minute. In the first game, he and he gets a goal. He gets a shot in each of those games. The first game, he got a shot on goal against Troyes. Uh, he actually made the keeper make a good save. Uh, the ball rebounded to another PSG player who put it in, but he was offside, so that goal did not count. Uh, the next game, he got on the field again and got a shot, but I do not believe it was on goal. Uh, the second game, he actually did get a shot on goal as well. Oh, he did. He's gotten shots on goal both games, which... For an 18-year-old playing in Europe... Who is... plays on the same team as Cavani, Neymar, Mbappe. That is huge. Even though they just got bounced from the Champions League. Wah, wah. And Neymar is injured now. So, But that is... Oh, Neymar! If anybody gets that joke, at me. Because that was a hysterical SB Nation video. But that is a huge, huge step for a possible men's United, uh, men's United, uh, men's national team player. Call him up for the March friendlies for the love of all that is holy. 
Please. I, I will pray to anybody who will listen. Those are coming up in just a week and a half. March 27th. Couldn't for the life of me tell you who we're playing, but Paraguay. I know we're playing. Playing. Paraguay. We're Thank playing you. Paraguay, why... March 27th in North Carolina. Please call him up. It's an international break. Let him come home. If nothing else, please call him up when they go to Europe. No. Don't wait for Europe. That gives him time to commit to another country. His father is literally the president of Liberia. And he can pull any string he wants to. This is my point. Anyways, Timothy Way is the way, the truth, and the life. And Pulisic will be passing to him to score goals in the 2022 World Cup. You heard it here first on American Soccer Broadcast. And finally, we come to the most joyous of news. It's back. It's back. MLS is back. <sighs> I Like I've said, I've been to two games already. I've almost... I, I, I scared away a family of four when I wasn't in the supporter section. Was that your own family? No, it was not my own family. I know that comes as a surprise, but I did not... My family still speaks to me after going to an Orlando City game with me, which hasn't happened since 2015, which back then we pistol whipped LA Galaxy 4-1, to but we lost to Minnesota United 2-1, to which you can read about on Orlando Lions Den News and read my new weekly column known as Now That the Story Grows. Anyways, MLS is back, Jordan. And what do you, what 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 how 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 do you feel about the beginning of this season? What do you think's going to happen? Well, well, I'll, I will say this: LAFC has been a surprise. <sighs> uh, what's what's their guy that scored three goals and has three assists already? Was that was that Rossi? Rossi. Yeah, he because he scored he's in on Seattle. Fire. Yeah, he scored, and then he scored two goals against RSL. Yes, and then, uh, was it, uh, yes, Carlos Villa scored as well. But let's be honest, they were playing RSL. Yeah, poor RSL, even though they've got by far the biggest youth movement and by far the most products for future national team players, as evidenced by their USL's teams run into the USL Cup semifinals last season. They're doing a lot with their talent up there. Yes, I I will say that they have a great youth movement going on in RSL. And that has a lot to do with their academy. One of the best in the land actually set up by your my current coach Jason Christ, but you know so, in the offseason, a lot of movement, a lot of players coming in, a lot of people taking after Atlanta and going out and buying young Central and South American talent, including LAFC and Orlando City, and from a certain point of view, a couple of other clubs. 
That being said, who had the best offseason? Um, Jordan. I have three that I think that did very well in the offseason. Hit me. Uh, obviously, you know I'm going to say this, Orlando. Mm-hmm. Because you, you I'm kissing my badge. Because you went and out and got Justin Miram. Mm-hmm. And you went out and got Sasha. Sasha, Sasha. Sasha. Which went from one of my most hated MLS players to one of my most loved the moment he put the color purple on. Uh, and you're going to hate me for this, saying this, but obviously Atlanta. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with you on that. Atlanta did have an off season, even though Barca is out for six weeks. Uh, they went out and got, they brought Nagby from Orlando, or not in Orlando, Portland. Portland, which Portland, what the heck is going on with them? We'll talk about that. Is that, is that stadium expansion costing that much that they have to ship everybody off and Use the former New York Cosmos coach instead of Caleb Porter? I don't know. I yeah yeah. But anyway, uh, Atlanta went out got and got Mitch Hildebrand from Cincinnati, and they went down south and got Ezekiel Barco from Independiente, Argentina. He's eighteen. Which, again, they did it last year and set the standard for a lot of clubs. LAFC went out and bought a lot of young talent, too. They set the standard. I mean, I, I, my tongue burns with boils just saying that. And Orlando even copied it, them with Coleman. Based on the players that they got this past offseason, and whether that's through buying players or through the expansion draft. Do you think LAFC is going to make the playoffs? I think LAFC will make the playoffs at the expense of LA Galaxy. I think LA Galaxy is also going to see a dramatic drop in attendance. Speaking of LA, who do you think got the better deal? LA Galaxy getting Ola Kamara? Or Columbus getting Zardes? Zardes. I, I was literally going to say a surprise team in there is... I'm going to add... I'm going to say four teams that had great off seasons. Columbus, despite all the crap going on there. Screw pre-court. Um, two, Atlanta. Which, complementing both Columbus and Atlanta com- goes against everything I believe in religiously. But they both had great off seasons, and it's annoying. But Orlando had a better one, so they're number four because they're the best. And then there's LAFC in the, the middle because they literally built a team from scratch, even though their team is still smaller than their ownership group. Uh, I will also say um, DC did pretty well for themselves as well. DC didn't. Do too bad. You're right about they, that. They, they went, also added those sweet new kits. Yes. Uh, they went out and got Darren Maddox from Portland. They went and got uh, David Elstead from Vancouver. And they went and got Assad from Atlanta. Yep. So, a lot of MLS, there was a lot of movement in the offseason. There was a youth movement. 
some senior players and some seasoned players like Zardes move clubs. And I think Josie Zardes going to Columbus Crew might be what saves his career. I know I've been hard on him earlier in, in these podcasts, but I think it saves his career and gives him more of a chance of being included in the Gold Cup, the Nations League, and the 2022 World Cup cycle. So yeah, and we will we will see. Yeah, because like we said previously on this show, the problem that he had in Los Angeles is that he, he had a constant stream of senior veteran players who were leaders. Whether that's whether that's through uh, Donovan, uh, Robbie Keane, uh, Steven Gerrard, he never. Whether that's he never had those leadership skills passed on from those guys, or he never was never able to practice those. Now he's going to become a leader in in Columbus for a team that desperately needs something, anything, anything. Even though that, even though their fans and their fans are not helping them by there's only ten thousand people at Maypar this week. I don't care how cold it is, that's just not great. On the other hand, you do they've played two games and they won two. One of them was against Toronto. Beating Toronto and wasn't that in Toronto? I believe that was in Toronto. Beating Toronto in Toronto. I don't care if there was a mid league week Champions League game. Beating Toronto in Toronto is not a small task. MLS is back. We are all very excited, but we also get to welcome back the USL. Like I said, USL coming back this Friday. Mm. We're not going to get in depth about that because there's so many teams in USL that we couldn't even get started on that. I can name one player in USL right now, and that's Digby A. Drogba, and it's because he's an owner. So... Speaking of USL, we're going to finish this podcast tonight talking about some news about your very own hosts. He, he's, he's still glowing after this past week and a half. Oh, it's been a good two weeks, Jordan. It's been a good two weeks. For those of you who have been following along since the beginning of this podcast, you know that I have had a passion for something very near and dear to my heart. And that is the USL Division 3. USL Division 3 will be a new league that will more than likely take the place of NASL in Division 3 in 2019. With two teams already committed, more teams are being announced every day. Whether that's teams that are already aligned in the PDL or new expansion teams. So far, only teams from the PDL have been elevated. 24 markets have been visited. 23 markets had been visited prior to two weeks ago. But USL, exactly two weeks ago today, announced that they were visiting my beloved Fort Myers, Florida to explore the possibility of bringing professional soccer to the Southwest Florida area. For two days... They met with county leaders, the Lee County Sports Group, 
the local Lee County Strikers club football team and toured all three baseball stadiums in the area for the various spring trainings that have taken place here, whether it be the Minnesota Twins Hammond Stadium, also the home of the Fort Myers Miracle, JetBlue Park, spring training home of my beloved Boston Red Sox, or the now abandoned and ripe for renovation City of Palms Field just outside of downtown Fort Myers. Former home, spring training home of the Boston Red Sox. These three venues and the FGCU soccer complex, a 1,000-seat stadium that once hosted 3,000 people for an FGCU versus NYCFC game, were all toured by the the current president of USL D3. I actually, the day this was announced, the trip was announced, emailed and asked if supporters could meet, be involved in these meetings. That was not, meetings did not take place, but an interview was done and published by the USLD3 featuring not one, not two, but three paragraphs by yours truly. He texted me and was just ecstatic. Three paragraphs talking about how this city is ripe with young people ready to partake of professional soccer, how we love our sports teams. 2000 500 people averaged at minor league single A baseball with more than 5,000 going to minor league hockey per game. We are ready for a for a USL D3 club. We can sustain a USL D3 club and then some here in Fort Myers in Southwest Florida. And that's exactly what USLD3 has acknowledged through their quotes of myself and uh, of all the leaders that met with them. They keep talking about it. They posted videos. They posted articles. And because of it, you are currently listening to the current vocal social network and soon to be not so social network leader of the USL to Fort Myers movement. I said it before on this podcast that I want USL in Fort Myers. And if you go follow USL to Fort Myers, the letters TO to Fort Myers on Twitter and go to our website, USL to Fort Myers.com. You will see that we are getting the word out there for for bringing the beautiful game to the city of Palms. 23 other cities have been visited. Two have already been announced. And ownership groups have been considered. There, the time has come 
for a local soccer team. And this would be huge, not just for this community, but for Florida as a whole. More games down here. As I said in my art, the interview I that was pr- printed on USLD3.com, more teams can come down here and do, do spring training for their soccer teams. They, President Short of USLD3 even said that they could bring international teams over here to do training. It's At this point, it's just a matter of time. I'm just watching this, and it makes me happy just because it's poetry, just like that article. It's poetry. It's a younger crowd. We've got one of the biggest growing universities in the country, and we're hungry for professional sports here. And everybody keeps saying... And, just just yes just today NBC2 news in southwest florida posted an entire article and a news story on their website and on their newscasts talking about a minor league team coming to southwest florida it's not minor league y'all it's, it's, professional, it's professional soccer i don't care what division it is it is professional soccer I want this for this city. I want this for this game. And you're going to get more updates on this podcast listening to me talk about how this process is going, how I'm engaging the local media, how I'm engaging local leaders in the USL. The USL D3 loves us. Shout out to Aaron, their PR guy who might actually be listening to this who's been very loving to us and we've been very loving to him. Continue the great work and please talk to your boss. Let's get this done. So USL to Fort Myers is go. Bring it on. And he might actually be wearing that on a shirt here shortly. Shirts and scarves. I'm going to be doing the research on it this weekend. Hoping to be able to pass them out before the World Cup starts. Go follow us on Twitter and visit our website where we'll be talking more about it soon. Shall we move on to women? Let's talk about the ladies. They, they, they've they played quite a few matches since the last time we yes, talked. Yes, they did. And, and won a tournament. Can you call it a tournament? I would call it a tournament. It's a mini tournament. It's 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 for the for the best women's clubs in the world, international women's clubs in the world coming together to compete. The U.S. won the She Believes Cup and actually lifted in a, in my beloved Orlando on my birthday. We've also both celebrated birthdays. Happy birthday, Jordan! Woo. Happy birthday, Alex! We always forget that our birthday is one day apart, and they. They won, after giving it up last season, they won the She Believes Cup. The, the, I, I was only able to watch two of the games, but it looked like a mix of the veterans from 2015 and a couple of these younger ladies who are being evaluated for how valuable they can be going into a World Cup year. Uh, yeah, uh, 
they beat Germany. Was it two to nothing, or two to one? That is correct. Two to nothing. Beat Germany. Uh, one of the goals was who else but Megan Rapino? Who scored the second? We actually only beat Germany one to nothing, which was scored by Megan Rapino. So okay, that is so, why. Yeah, it was nothing. Uh, they in front of more people at Maypar Stadium that were then were there for the Columbus opener. Fourteen thousand people in May Maypar Stadium in Columbus, Ohio. Um, England dominated France four to one at Maypar earlier that day. They actually had seven thousand people there with Ted Uncle's. Apparently, Ted Uncle has a relative that is a female referee for the United States. Christina Uncle did not know that. Um, they actually then went on to play in Harrison, New Jersey at New York Red Bull Stadium. The U.S. and France drew 1-1. And the girl who scored that was that Mallory Pugh? Mallory Pugh. Mallory Pugh. She's going to be the next Tobin Heath. Calling it right now. Wow. I like that take. Um, and then, yeah, Germany also draw with England 2-2, two to two, which set up the ongoing... It was, it was a, it was a winner-take-all. Which was a winner-take-all... France beat Germany three to nothing to come in third at the tournament, I believe. And then you had you know no no France came in fourth, but you had um, then you had the United States off of an own goal against England to win the the win the 2018 She Believes Cup in front of 12,000 people at Orlando City Stadium. It, it was an own goal, but it, it came through a work of mastery by who else but Megan Rapino. Good old Pino. I will also note real quick that compliment, my compliments to New York sports fans, 25,000 people came out to see the ladies in New York. Props to them. So, another great tournament, a mix, a mix of young and veteran, and now all it's no sleep till France. No sleep till France. Well, I, I that's just about it. Jordan, you got anything else to talk about? That's it for me. Well, why don't you take us out, my friend? You brought us in. Why don't you take us out? With Land this plane. With pleasure. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, actually. Uh, please tweet at us. Please email us. Give us feedback. Ask us questions that we can answer here on the show. Uh, you can tweet at us at ASB Podcast. Uh, also email us at also at ASB underscore podcast. At gmail.com. At gmail.com, yes. Thank you, Alex. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, mostly tweeting about Manchester United, Seattle Sounders, uh, Lansing United playing their first season, and the uh, USL PDL. Uh, you can follow me at J. R. Way Hawkins. 
Alex, tell the good people where they can find you. Oh, so many places. Um, you can find me at ghost underscore writer where I'm rambling on about Orlando City, Liverpool Football Club, hashtag uh, USL2 Fort Myers, and general technology hootenanny. You can find me on Instagram at the same handle where I will be posting pictures of my dog and pictures of smoke. You can also read my writings at at Orlando City Lions Den online or follow us on Twitter. I'm I just started my long-term narrative piece called Now That the Story Grows, the story of Orlando City as it evolved. Article um part number 2 for the second week going into the third week of the MLS season will be going up later this week and you can hear my segment on their podcast as well like and subscribe there i'm also at tivilo.com where i infrequently blog as well this has been the american soccer broadcast we We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear you talk about the beautiful game online. And we look forward to talking to you guys soon. Party on, people. Be excellent to each other. Fantastic show, chap.